Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. How you doing? All right. I have Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm here, ready to go, guys. Excellent. I have Ranger to my left. He's not going to say much. And we have Hans the Woodcarver, as we like to call him. Hi, Hans. <laughs> How's it going, guys? It's going great. All right. This Good. podcast is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. FattyZMuskie.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are going to be blowing up Facebook, I guess, in our world, blowing up for the next week leading up to the Muskie Max show. We have a bunch of cool stuff that I've been trying to keep under our hat. Vance is sneaking some some photos out once in a while, but we're going to try to do like a post a day of some new stuff that we have that we did not have at the previous two shows we've ended at. So keep a close eye on that if you want to see some neat things. Um, and possibly another thing that we dropped a day or so ago, Vance. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll just leave it at yeah. that. We're going to leave it at that. So hop on Facebook, give Fatty Z Muskie products a like. Um, we're going to have a bunch of cool painted Raptors and a ton of rod holders going down to Pittsburgh. And Muddy Creek, how are you? We're doing good here at Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guys, mcfishingguys.com gives us a call. Been booking some trips for the early season, late April, May, in some Pennsylvania lakes. And then Vance and I are booking up pretty pretty good for uh, Chautauqua here, which starts Memorial Day weekend through November, early season. There's only just a couple dates left. They're like mid-July. So, you know, get a hold of us. You want to go out there, we're going to do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish, casting, trolling however we can do it i like it hey vance you have anything to talk about like maybe your boat yeah uh if you come out and fish with us we're going to be in ranger boats uh, check them out big shout out to them for sponsoring the show uh, and there isn't a better place to get them than vic sports center uh, in kent ohio uh, they do starcraft star welds and they also do the ranger boat there check them out for service uh, Todd and I will be there this weekend doing a couple seminars uh, and just talking muskies at their open house. Uh, that's right in Kent there. Um, they got a big, huge new building up there. Um, lots of inventory. Come check them out. Excellent. Big thanks to St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth, and Muskies Inc. Todd, do you have anything neat to say about Muskies Inc.? Well, Muskie's Inc., I mean, what else? I mean, that's all you need to say, Muskie's Inc. If you're a muskie fisherman, you should be involved in Muskie's Inc. Lots of local chapters out there. Get a hold of your local chapter, and uh, they have them in, like, every state that has muskies, pretty much. Some states have many. Uh, just lots of good stuff comes out of Muskie's Inc., you know, the, all the clubs. Uh, the, the clubs do what they can do, and your club can take it to the next level with helping with the stocking, helping with the fisheries, helping changing some rules, rules and regulations. That's happened many times, you know, getting the size limits increased, getting the numbers of, you know, that you can take increased or decreased. <laughs> uh, not, nothing that the musky guys actually do, but it's just Yum. helping the general population out, you know, by it's not two fish a day at 30 inches in Pennsylvania anymore. It's, one fish a day at 40 inches and our chapter was talking to those guys for a long time before that happened and uh i think that that happened throughout the country uh 
no better boys to get involved with than Muskie's Inc. to get that to happen. Perfect. And I want to bring this thing up real quick. It was brought to my attention today. I'm not going to reveal the source, but this person is a members of Mus- is a member of Muskie's Inc. And it was screenshot and sent to me that the heaviest fish registered on the lunge log out of Georgian Bay was on a raptor. No kidding. Yep. Yeah, wow. that's, uh, I've seen that, man. I, this was and, first brought up to my attention. I've never yeah, I never dived in the lunge log because it. I don't need to know how little I fish because I realize that every I've day. Seen, <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that, and, I've, and I know the person that registered that. And they've never told us about it. I know. So it's either a different raptor, a misprint, or, you know. It says raptor jerkbait on it. I don't. It does. And it was almost scratching 50 pounds. So anyways, I'm just throwing that out there. You can find neat little nuggets like that. So, all right. This is me discrediting our, our baits. I'm just like, there's no way that happens. Yeah, like, <laughs> is there any way we can derail this train? Vance, no, take no. over. <laughs> choo, choo. Our baits could never do that. <laughs> it's either that or the guy's a liar. <laughs> so, our, okay, let's go on to the Muskie Max, which is happening very, very quickly. It is. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. March 2nd is the opener. 3rd is the Sunday, the last day of the show. It's going to feel nice doing a two-day show. Because we've been doing those three-dayers. And by day one and a half, you're whooped. (laughs) And I got to... Bam, bam, thank you, man. Pretty much. In and out, busy the whole time. That's what we like about the Max. Oh, it's... It is great, and hopefully the weather holds out. Todd, you are bringing your boat should the weather play nice. Yes. And Todd's going to be climbing all up and in it, and he's going to be talking all the time. He's going to do yeah. seminars. Whole time. No, not the whole time. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to be up there. Vance's pink umbrella in the front. Mm-hmm. No. But clients only. Clients only. Okay. And... Hans, I'm going to throw you in this one. All right. You're going to the Muskie Max, right? Oh, yes. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. It. Let's see. Last year was, was the first. I don't want to get too much into the conversation, but that's that was one of the times. I mean, other than that you're a pretty noticeable guy because you're like 11 <laughs> foot 10. You, um, you had that we're nice going to talk fast. about this later don't but, forget the girth don't forget the girth uh, yeah. you know, there's more to it than height here <laughs> <laughs> but you I like unveiled your, your your carving ability last year and that seemed to be yeah. like the talk of the show yeah that was the uh, that was the first fish that I brought out to a show um, so that was uh, it's pretty cool actually I mean I'll always remember that uh that first musky max, uh, where I, where I brought the first carving out. I mean, it was, a uh, it was a wonderful thing. I ended up selling one from that show. So, uh, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. And we just love the Pittsburgh show. They treat us so well down there. It's great for the family. Bring everyone down, buy a weekend pass, show up on Sunday, see what we're doing, shake hands, say hi, exchange fish stories. It's a great time to be 
just down there. Generally, the weather's nice, and so far, it's not looking too bad, but I don't trust the 10-day. So don't let the yeah. weather stop you because <laughs> I'll be there. Pittsburgh doesn't get bad weather. Yeah, it just gets awful weather. It just gets ice occasionally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and everyone goes in the river because there's yes. three of them. But any, that's a dumb joke. All right, but I also, I'm going to try to get more Belichicks ready. And I totally dropped the ball on our last podcast talking about the Columbus show that we are the Columbus Fishing Expo. I'm not going to try to rehash that. It's been too long. But I had a, I had a cool line for the, for the Belichicks. But anyways, I'm, I'm trying to work on those. So if more people need them, which I know, you know, everyone just can't handle the power. I got to watch. But we're going to try. But Muskie Max, Beautiful. come on down. Give them a like on Facebook. Follow them on Instagram. All right. That's enough chatting out of my mouth hans hit your plug <laughs> well i mean uh i'm a i'm a active member of red october uh pushing the tubes i mean uh doing a lot of that but recently i've started uh carving fish which i don't even know how i really uh stumbled into that whole situation however uh that's been going really good uh doing a lot of uh doing a lot of uh replicas you know mm-hmm. uh along with that uh also just uh halfway through last summer got my captain's license and started started running hans the carver's guide service so mostly operating out of uh out of buffalo the buffalo area however i'm doing uh extended stay trips up in the st lawrence so uh, do you have a website or a facebook endeavors. yep yeah it's uh it's hans the carver.com uh and yeah it's hans the carver on facebook also so um check it out i got a lot of uh, a lot of cool pictures on the on the website and on facebook of uh just kind of the process of uh the carvings and stuff like that so i mean you, it's a it's a real nice uh way to go on there and uh just see the way that i'm making them and uh and check them out you know awesome okay so so you mentioned you don't know how you really got started <laughs> honestly like what 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 brought you i mean what made you think i'm gonna grab this log exactly um fish out of this thing you know any art background any anything like that i have no legitimate art background uh i mean my my mother was good at art and like had me coloring when i was little and stuff you know but i never really uh (laughs) it's not like i went to school to do it or anything like that but i mean i've always been kind of a uh just figure it out type guy, you know? So, I mean, as much of it is art, um, it's also just, uh, you know, figuring out the right tools for the job and figuring out how to do certain aspects of it. I mean, there's so many little things that go into carving those fish, but I mean, it really started out. I was on, uh, my, my, my family vacations up in the, up in the thousand islands region. And, uh, we, I mean, probably, 10 years ago i had a piece of basswood that was just sitting up there and i just kind of was sitting out there you know bored i mean in between uh the the morning and the night bite sitting around after lunch and uh started carving uh started just carving a fish for no real reason um and it just started looking like a steelhead and i ended up carving a steelhead uh and my father uh took a liking to it and uh Basically, I somehow carved a steelhead and just left it wood. And then he was like, you got to paint this thing. And I was like, uh, you know, you always, you, you, you get something that looks cool and then you try and paint it or something. It ends up looking like garbage. 
So mm-hmm. I was sitting there. I was like, I don't even want to paint it. I just want to leave it. And then he like, I've been there. Made me do it, you know. <laughs> so I did it. And when I was done, I was like, holy smokes, this thing actually looks like a seal head, you know. And uh, uh, so he has that one. And then uh, after, then my my uh, my buddy, one of my best friends, Mark, uh, the owner of Red October, uh, he caught a uh, 18 and a half inch black crappie. Um, That's and huge. from seeing, uh, and he was always, and I mean, it's funny because of course he's a very prolific musky angler. However, that 18 and a half inch crappie always meant a lot to him, you know, because he's always been, uh, into catching those crappies too. So, um, he caught that and basically I was sitting there the one day and I said, you want me to try and carve it? And he's like, oh, heck yeah. So, I mean, uh, how I many pounds was that thing? Oh, he never weighed it. He caught it and uh, and uh, got a picture and released it. So it was never. Uh, I mean, it was a giant though. Um, he knew that it was big. But, oh yeah, it was a most likely a state record if he would have ever uh, measured it. But uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so he so I ended up doing that one. That was the first one that I tried to actually make a replica of a fish. And uh, once again, I kind of surprised myself. I was like, "Wow, this thing looks uh, good." <laughs> this thing looks just like a real fish, and I carved it, you know? So then, uh, I mean, just each fish that I did, I started getting better and better. I mean, I ended up uh, doing a walleye, and then I'm sitting there, and it's like, you got to realize, I mean, I've always been, musky has been my number one passion. However, when you're carving fish, uh, <laughs> carving a musky is quite the endeavor, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was something where at the beginning, I was like, there's no way I can carve a musky, you know? And, uh, I'm like, it's just too much. And where do I even get wood that big and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, uh, I ended up, uh, I, one of my, one of my offshoot buddies was like, uh, I want you to carve a muskie. So went ahead and did that. And, uh, I mean, I've handled a lot more muskies, especially recently than, than most other fish. I mean, I've always been a multi-species guy, but I mean, uh, of course, the muskie is what I like. And I mean, I think that's what it is. I've handled a lot of these fish, so I'm pretty good at just, uh, I don't know. I got a spatial awareness of what they're supposed to look like and how they're shaped and what they look like at when they're, you know, bending or when you're releasing them or whatever. And it, uh, I don't know. I just see it and they, they end up looking good. So, I mean, uh, each one I got better and better. I mean, at this point, uh, I mean, I've, I've sold uh, 10 fish. So, um, I mean, I'm at the very beginning of this, you know what I mean? Like, this is a new thing for me. It's kind of a new thing for everything, but I mean, I'm kind of, it's kind of becoming something that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the crossover. I mean, most people, I I mean, it's, it's expensive. I mean, I, I, I'm doing it as a job. It takes me a long time to make them, you know? So (laughs) it's something where if somebody wants me to make one, I mean, it's a heck of a lot more money than doing a regular reproduction. And I understand that. So I never... I, I mean, it's just if people want it, but I mean, they are works of art. I mean, I like to look yeah, at them as a sure. gallery level piece of art that doubles as a fish mount, you know? So, I mean, if, uh, if people are into that kind of thing, I mean, that's what I'm kind of doing now, you know? So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's got good reception and, uh, we're, we're pushing forward, you know? I love it. It is like, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen some of you, I, I've, I, you saw some, great carvings down there when we were down at uh in columbus at the yes. fishing show there and uh like so what 
you're, I mean, like that the head, you're carving that whole head. Yeah, I mean, I do. That's that's one thing that people. I mean, they always wonder if I'm just using one big piece of wood. I mean, mm-hmm. I am carving the head and the body separately. Uh, okay. Basically, in order to hollow out that head to be able to get all those teeth in there, I mean, it's very hard to just carve through the mouth. You know what I mean? That's, and be able to get it. So that's the stuff that I was wondering when in looking at it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, if you if you go on to my website or on the Facebook, I mean, if you look at some of the process pictures, you'll see pictures of just the head, where basically okay. it's just a piece of yep. wood. And I mean, I I do a lot of work with uh, with epoxy sculpt, which is the stuff that guys use to like set uh, eyes on like deer mounts and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's like a epoxy clay type stuff, and um, I use that to basically make the mouth. So, I mean, I carve the whole thing. I mean, the whole head and the gills and the eye, or the eye is glass, but I mean, I got to yeah. set that in there with epoxy just like you would with anything else. So, I mean, it's kind of a mixture between a carved, I mean, the whole entire fish is cedar, but then, I mean, I do basically sculpt the mouth out of epoxy. Um, and, uh, I mean, I also carve the fins all out of, uh, out of polycarbonate. So, they're basically... I bandsaw them out of a flat piece of like a uh, quarter inch polycarbonate. And then I carve all the rays and all of the little, just detail into it. And then they're still flat, but then I will either heat them with a heat gun or put them in the oven and get them hot so that I can bend them. And then I either dunk them in ice water or just sit there and hold them until they solidify. Uh, and then get my nice bends on those fins so that you got, I mean, of course then I airbrush them and everything. So you end up having like a, legitimate uh fin that is translucent which uh there's a lot of fins out there that for some reason are translucent even though almost all fins are translucent uh so i mean you end up getting the end a nice bend to them you know so i mean i'm just trying to do little things to try and uh try and uh make them a little bit more realistic and uh getting that through the form of uh carving and sculpting and just kind of making it happen you know yeah, so incredible looking. Yeah. So let's let's uh let's pump the brakes real quick. Let's start let's start early on with with your like involvement in the musky community. Let's get sure. back to because uh, I want to talk a lot about the carvings, but I want to first kind of get everyone up to speed on. Let's talk about Red October. Let's let's give it like sure. ten or fifteen minutes. Give us give us like that whole startup process. How you've got involved because that's the building block of where you're at right now. So. Talk about right. the whole thing of Red October. Well, okay. I mean, just starting from the very beginning, I mean, I probably started, um, like, uh, Muskie being my number one pursuit probably in, like, 1997 or right around there. And I actually uh, started off fishing for muskies on Chautauqua. Uh, my uh, uncle had a place down there in Burtis Bay, and uh, we, would, uh, we would fish down there for the opener every year. Um, but I mean, we were not, it was like a father son type, uh, uh, fishing tournament we would have. And it was not a musky tournament. It was just a friendly tournament between uncles. But anyways, that's when we started fishing was down there. But then very quickly, I lived closer to like the Niagara and stuff like that. So, um, so you're based out of Buffalo. I I am. I'm by, well, I live east of Buffalo in a town called Alden. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, my home waters are the Ni- the upper Niagara river, the lower Niagara river, Lake Erie, you know, so the Buffalo Harbor, um, I mean, that's where I have done most of my muskie fishing is in those waters. 
Um, and I mean, that's also where the birthplace of Red October happened was basically, um, I don't know, I'd say it was 2003 or 2004. We, we, uh, I mean, this was before any, there, there was nobody jigging. There was nobody doing deep water presentations for muskie pretty much at all. Um, and I mean, we had started catching fish on swim sheds, the storm wildlife swim sheds and the tiger tubes. And, um, the, the, and we were catching those like all in the upper Niagara, upper Niagara river, all, you know, 17 to 30 feet down, uh, like actually right on the bottom. Like these fish are literally glued to the bottom and we were catching them on these jigs, you know? So, uh, we real quickly realized that you get a little better, uh, hookup percentage with the tubes just because that body collapses and, uh, we were running single hooks. So you ended up getting, uh, we ended up landing more fish uh, on the tubes. So for a while, it was a really crazy thing. I mean, people were going bonkers over the tiger tubes. Um, in our little Niagara Muskie Association, I mean, tiger tubes became like gold. Like, you couldn't find them. Every They had stopped making them. So every local place was out of them. We had ordered them all out of Rally and Hounds and Thorn Brothers, and everybody was, was they, they weren't around. Like, you couldn't get them. So, uh, my buddy, uh, Josh Tetri and I, uh, took a broomstick and bought a, bought a bucket of plastisol and, uh, <laughs> we dipped our first tubes. You know what I mean? Like we basically just heated mm -hmm. it up and started dipping it until it got to what we thought was, uh, the, the right thickness. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then basically cut the tails with like a scalpel, uh, and <laughs> we had tubes, you know what I mean? So it was like, even though it took forever, we now had tubes again. So it was one of those things where, um, we were catching tons of fish at that time in the, in our home waters jigging. And it was just like a new thing and everybody was doing it and we were catching bigger fish and a lot of fish and it was a really fun time. And, um, it just ended up being one of those things where then, I mean, uh, a couple years in, um, we, uh, Josh and I were both, uh, I mean, at that time, Mark Arena was the vice president of the Niagara Muscle Association. And uh, we always kind of looked up to him and fished with him and everything like that. He was the guy that had been doing it. And uh, he ended up, uh, I mean, Mark ended up buying into Red October. And now it's actually gone. Uh, um, I mean, we basically, we started really catching a ton of fish on him. And then we got so... Uh, we got so confident in muskies biting tubes that we said, you know what, we got to make rigs that allow these things to be cast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can't just keep jigging them. I mean, we would go to Chautauqua at that time and, and, uh, and we'd be using rigs that of course were subpar, but we were just trying to use them because we were like, Hey, muskies bite these things, you know? So it was, it was something where then all of a sudden we slowly made it through all the rigs and, and everything like that. And, um, I mean, I mean, since then, I mean, it's only gone up, 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 you know, I mean, at this point, uh, I mean, just through things in life and, and the tough part of doing the shows, I mean, I've, I've, uh, backed out of Red October, but I'm still great friends with Mark Arena and he's running the, running the show and Red October's growing. I mean, he's, he's really, uh, uh, doing great on just the regular tubes, but I mean, like this year, that boo tube with the flash boo coming out the back of it, um, mm -hmm. there have been monster fish caught on that bait this year and uh had a real strong 
uh, first season that we were actually selling him, you know? So, um, so yeah, he's doing great. I mean, everything's, uh, everything's moving forward. And I mean, now it's basically a thing where, I mean, I've always been involved with red October and now I'm doing my, uh, Hans the Carver thing. So Mark is, uh, I mean, I'm, I basically am in selling tubes with Mark at the red October bait, but I, or with the, at the red October booth. Uh, however, I also have some big old carved fish there for people to look at. And, uh, I mean, also, of course, I'm booking trips when I can, so that's where we're at, you know? Great. Now, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your home waters, because just this past summer, even though I live like an hour and a half from Buffalo, it was like the first time I ever went into Buffalo to take the family sure. to Niagara Falls, and okay. there's a section of river right before the falls. And he doesn't travel much. I, no, I don't get out of the house very often. Um, that's okay. That section of river right before the falls, that's the upper Niagara, correct? Yeah, before, yeah, I mean, whatever's above the falls is the upper. So, I mean, yeah, that area that's right there, I mean, there's a big side. Strawberry like, Island or whatever. Yeah, well, Strawberry Island is way up on the other end of the upper Niagara River towards Lake Erie. Um, about how, so how, long, how, how long of a river is that from what you consider Lake Erie to you falling off the falls? <laughs> uh, oh, geez, I should know this. I should know this. Ballpark it. I've been fishing it my whole life. I mean, I'd probably say it's. 10 miles, maybe. Okay, um, that's more considerable than I thought, because when I was there, I always was like, I can see buffalo right there, and thinking that you're fishing like yeah. a class 10 rapids, because it's the most yeah, violent no, 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 section of river we, I've ever no, seen. That, you're not even allowed to boat down there. Uh, I would imagine, because there's, there's a little yeah. bump that you're going to go over. <laughs> yes, you. That was a, there, there's basically, I mean, uh, you're not you allowed the to go. Charge. Yeah, on the, on right. the Minn Kota. Yes. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're, uh, I, I mean, the thing is, is up where we do most of our fishing, where it seems like most of the bigger fish are caught, uh, is the other end, like towards Lake Erie. So, I mean, if you were to even, I mean, everybody always asks that about the, the Niagara because everybody in the back of their head, they're like, oh man, I ain't going to go try and muskie for sure. Cause we could fall off the top of Niagara Falls, you know, <laughs> but I mean, when it all, <laughs> when it all comes down to it, I mean, if you broke down up there, I mean, you got to five six hour drift you know what i mean like maybe yeah. not that long but it's pretty long i mean you'd be able to row yourself to safety very easily but um yeah i mean the, the the it's a it's a good it's a i mean it's not those class four rapids like you were talking about but i mean in between the peace bridge and the international bridge the international train bridge up there i mean there's a lot of current through that whole area that's pretty pretty uh pretty tough current and i mean you find those areas where that current slows down a little and uh muskies like to sit right on the bottom in those deeper those deeper rocky areas you know so we've been uh giving away all your spots eh, go get them go get them okay (laughs) yeah it ain't easy i mean it's still musky fishing but i mean uh if you're and it's also a thing where nobody has nobody other than the the long time niagara jiggers have uh have confidence in it because it's uh it's just something that's not a normal way to musky fish so it's like you you find a lot of guys that come up here and they they say oh yeah i'm gonna try jigging and they do that for about half an hour and then they get snagged and it tears half the line off of the reel and they don't know what to do and then uh they're, they get undone and they're like you know what let's go cast the weed i just <laughs> you know what i mean so it's um but if you spend time doing it, you catch a lot of fish, you can deep. Yeah. Do you ever pull up any big giant walleyes or anything else? Because 
All the time. I was going to say, Lake Erie is just known for... Yes, there are... I mean, we catch especially most of the... the, I mean, probably the most prolific tube on the Upper Niagara River is the 7.5-inch... We used to call it the Ninja Tube, but 7.5-inch Monster Tube, whatever, um, with a 2- or 3-ounce weight in it. And, uh, I mean, it's only 7.5 inches, and I'll tell you what, those big walleye, like those 30-plus inches, I mean, they feed like musk. You know, I mean, they have no problem. I mean, you catch tons of walleye on perch baits and like bigger, tr- I mean, you know, those eight inch trolling baits, you know, uh, they hammer them all the time in the, in the Harbor, uh, along with, yes, we catch a lot on those tubes. I mean, I don't think I've gone a season where I haven't, uh, at least, uh, I mean, I know every year there's at least been one on my boat. I mean, and everybody else has the same thing. So, and they're always big, huge ones, you know? Yeah, those are the the bonus fish because you can bring home dinner. Yeah, you you can. You're right. So. With that being said, I mean the walleye fishing on Lake Erie right now is so ridiculous. I mean, yes, it's just. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to go out there and get your limit. So, yeah, I mean, and uh, you tend to be on like the end that isn't as famed for numbers. Yeah. However, it's, still numbers. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! It, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a great uh, couple of years for walleye fishing. And I mean, I, I guide for those two. So, I mean, when it all comes down to it and in the summer, as much as I'd love to just do uh musky trips all day long, uh, a lot of people want to catch the walleye. So I do a lot of, uh, a lot of walleye fishing out there. And I'll tell you what, the, the walleye fishing on the Buffalo end of the lake has also taught me a lot about the musky situation on the East end of the lake. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot, uh, you know, all these things mesh together and, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, sometimes I, I, uh, I, I've run into some things where I have, uh, put some things together while I fish and that have paid off musky fishing, you know? So, yeah. uh, sure. Good stuff. Sure. Good yeah. stuff. All right. We got, yeah. we got caught up now on the whole red October thing that brings sure. you up to, all right, so now you're still a part of Red October, but you're not really part of it. You're there, <laughs> and, and now you're one day after, you know, we, we had a little lead-in already about what you how you, you carved your first steelhead by accident, yeah. and yeah. now you have that muskie. Yeah. What's, what's the next step? You, you, you look at a big, giant chunk of wood, and you're like, you know what? I see it in there. Is that like right. the <laughs> that's the That's the hard part. I mean, now it's become... See, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm kind of, it's hard for people that aren't doing it to understand, but it's a stressful thing when you're making a replica for a, especially the musky guys. I mean, people are very picky and they want things done just now with that being said, no one has been disappointed yet. The thing is, is that, uh, and, and I don't plan on that ever happening. The thing is, is it's, it's a stressful gig. I mean, someone's giving you a picture and they want the the markings on that fish to look exactly like they do on the picture. And I mean, you got to make sure that the head is shaped right. You got to make sure the body's shaped right. Now, with that being said, I'm able to actually do that. Whereas, I mean, if you're using, if you're getting a repro, I mean, I got news for you. Uh, one dead muskie that got molded is made up for about, uh, you know, in that, in that range fish. I mean, that has represented many, many fish off of one dead fish. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it all depends on how 
much. And I mean, a lot of people say, well, how do you get any more real than molding a real fish? Well, until you've done what I've gotten into, I mean, I, I ratio these whole things out so that I make sure that I have everything. Um, I mean, I basically, I try and take the most squared up picture that I can find where the fish is, is basically, uh, is flat to the picture. You know what I mean? So it's not banter. It's, it's, it's mostly just square to the picture and I'll, I'll kind of, uh, tweak it to make it, uh, to get the tail, like if the tail's just bent a little, like I'll draw it out. I mean, I print these out on big pieces of legal paper. Um, and I'll just kind of draw the tail out where it would be if it was straight. And I just try to try and get it so it's square to the, to the, to the, to the picture. And then I'll, I, I use millimeters just because they're divisible by 10. So it's easy. And I measure the whole fish and then I ratio that out. Like if it's a 56 inch muskie, X amount of millimeters equals 56 inches. You know what I mean? Right. So then you're able to take that and go back across the whole fish and get a measurement from the tip of the snoot to the eye, from the eye to the gill, from the snoot to the gill, for, from the dorsal fin to the snoot, from the dorsal fin to the tail, from the, I mean, the maximum height of the body, the maximum height in the head, you know what I mean? The maximum height in the tail. Like, and you basically can go through and get pretty, uh, like very, uh, close measurements for the actual fish and that is what i attest to getting my fish to look real or and to look exactly, exactly. like the fish that they actually exactly. got is yeah. that i am i'm putting in a lot of prep work into getting the numbers right so that i can i mean before i even cut into any wood um uh, i have the specs on this now of course once you start carving uh i mean you use those numbers to get a base and you keep kind of holding the tape measure up to it. But I mean, once you get going, it kind of flows like once you get it to a certain point, but I mean, it's a, uh, it's one of those things. I mean, uh, I put a lot of work into it, man. Right. These things are not, uh, these are not easy. I, I mean, there's no way to speed it up because you can't go fast. I mean, with wood, you, <laughs> you remove too much wood and, uh, there's no uh, growing trouble. It back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no growing it back. So, so. it's, uh, it's one of those things where you have no choice but to go real slow and to stop and turn it around and look at it from another angle and just keep looking at it from all these other angles until all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm there, you know, yeah. and, uh, it, uh, it takes a long time, but, uh, man, I, uh, man, I can tell what you said earlier there about, uh, just making a fin and, you know, sure. that out of that thing and, you know, making it so that you can, you know, transparent, you can see through it and, taking and cutting those grooves in you, you i mean you're probably spending yeah the best the, part the, of a day to create one fin <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i i the fins usually take me in all about three days and that's uh and that's from you know getting the plexiglass or the, the polycarbonate or acrylic or whatever i'm using for whichever mm -hmm. fish and then drawing out the the size shape. and shape and that's after yep. I've already measured them out on my little, my little, uh, system that I use and then basically drawing them out to get them to look the way that I want to from staring at all the pictures that whoever I'm doing the fish for gave me and, uh, basically draw them out and saw them. And I mean, yeah, every, every step takes a long time with this. It is nothing that there's, there's, yeah. there, there's no magic show. You know what I mean? Like this thing is, is literally, I mean, it's working man's art, if it's anything, because it is, there's times that I have questioned why the heck I'm even doing it, and I don't know how I got into it, and, 
but I love it. You know, what I, mean? I do love it now. It's just it's one of those things where I want to fish too. So uh, it's uh, it's becoming a great wintertime thing for me though, and that's what I I'm going to keep doing with it. Awesome. So it sounds, you, like, it sounds like you take a lot of time in dealing with proportions. Oh yeah. To make the fish look exact, and I'm and I'm trying to depict what sets you. You know, obviously, there's a ton of things just at the bit, at passing the eye test that separates you from a standard mount. Um, sure. We talk about all the time on the podcast about our mounts. When we get a right. mount, we always check to make sure we got the inches. Yeah. Like this thing was 50 and a half. It better be 50 and a half. Don't be pulled out of the box. It's right there. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's sweet. Okay, that's pretty much all you check. Yeah, if you got your inches correct. Yeah, and then it's sitting up on the wall for a while. You're looking at it, and you're just like, I remember that fish. I remember that fish. But you kind of grow like apart from that fish on the wall because it's not actually the real fish. Sure. Um, and you start paying attention to the things that were definitely not on that fish, like a thirteen inch. Uh, tail or a 26 inch girth tail with right. that some of them look look like uh, yes. we always go up to those and we're just i'm like man that is not i remember real. i remember releasing my damn fish that wasn't real i didn't need well, two you know, hands to hold it <laughs> yeah it's you're exactly right i mean there's there's certain um might i say uh, artistic licenses people take on things that they perceive people to think are cool. I mean, a big yeah. flaring fin looks cool, you know, and a big, uh, a big, uh, a big, huge open mouth and a big, huge eyeball, like that all looks really cool. However, you, I mean, and, and you know what? I never noticed it until I started doing this, but I mean, there's a lot of things that are, and I'm not knocking any of the other guys. I mean, their, their stuff is beautiful. I, and I, it, this, what I'm doing is a completely different thing. It's not even, I mean, it's, it's a different thing, but when, when it all comes down to it, I mean, for measuring these fish out, I mean, I thought at first that I was going to be able to use those ratios and then you'd be able to use that across the species. Like it would work from musky to musky to musky and I would be fine. And I tried doing that and things did not look right. And what I realized is that these fish are exactly like people. I mean, you, their eyes are in different places. Their, their gill, like their gills are longer or shorter. They have a, more of an underbite or more of an overbite. They have, there's a million little things. I mean, you get some of these fish that just have huge shoulders on them. Like they have that rippled back. You know what I mean? And then you got fish that are almost uh, rounded on their back. I mean, you, and, and it's hugely different from bodies of water. I mean, uh, a Great Lakes fish is often very, very different than, say, a, uh, a, a I don't know, a Wisconsin fish or a, a cave run fish or something like that. I mean, these fish are actually different in the forms of their faces. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you don't really think about that until you really get into looking at it, but it's there. Um, so, I mean, it all depends on how, I mean, I'm not claiming that I get them exactly perfect every, you know what I mean? I'm still carving it, which is hard, but I mean, I, I take every opportunity to make it as close as I can to the fish that, I see and, uh, you know, make it, I don't know, make it as, as much of a, uh, cool, 
memorial to that fish, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, so. essentially, essentially, like, when I get mounts back, like every muskie guy knows that they have a mount on their wall that's a replica that it's off. It's probably yeah. bigger. It's probably bigger than the fish you actually caught. It looks bigger. It looks cooler. To the musky guy, they know that that's like complete bullshit. But <laughs> it looks it looks really it, it looks really cool. Like when you like come downstairs in the man cave, you see these giants that I catch. You see, like they're enormous. But sure. If you brought a musky guy down there, I want to like cover him with a towel and just be like, "Yeah, there's that. I'm working over there. It's under construction." <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that's well. what. That's what's what's neat, and what I get when I when I'm hearing you talk, and also as a somebody who really respects wood, uh, <laughs> sets you sets you apart from something. You're taking this time to make these things look like an actual muskie that's in the photos that you're getting, which is super neat to me. Uh, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, sure. that's that's worth it in itself. Um, and it makes me look at these, it makes me look in, at the mountain, appreciate it more, uh, with your pictures and stuff like that. It's just such a cool thing, uh, that you're yeah. taking the time to do that and not just doing like a <laughs> running through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, I don't know, you know, it's a labor of love. I mean, I, I like doing it. I mean, there's times that I'm like, holy smokes. It's right. It's funny because there's certain tasks where I mean, like when I'm burning the scales, I mean, oh. I'm doing those one by one, you know, with a little wood burning pen. And I mean, mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you're a day into doing it. And you're like, what the heck am I doing? However, I'm only um, halfway down the back. Yeah. Right. I mean, I tried to do things where I tried to like, um, roll on the scales. Like they have these like, uh, rollers that have like, a, a a scale pattern on them where you actually push hard and it digs into the, into the, into the wood. Um, Can't stay hot, hot or consistent enough. Well, no, what it ends up doing is it doesn't look real. It's too antiseptic. It's too, um, it's too, Cookie the cutter. pattern is too perfect. Yes. And There's what a- ends up happening is it just looks like, I don't know, almost like a lure or something. Like it doesn't have that yeah. natural modeled, almost yeah. raw, like the, the, the cool thing, it's, it's funny because I, the biggest thing that I've learned is I've just kept doing these is you got to go with it. You know what I mean? Like you got to sit there and like, I do the scales fast. I mean, and it still takes me forever, but I mean, I move along, you know, you know, like burning them in quick. And the thing is, is if you sit there, it actually ends up looking better when you do them imperfectly than if you sit there and make them perfect, you know, because Mm -hmm. a fish is not perfect. I mean, if you even fish that are beautiful and unmarked, you look at their scales, if you really pay attention, I mean, things change throughout that whole fish, you know, I mean, they actually... It's it's a it's a weird thing, but once you figure it out, I mean, it's it's one of those things you just got to kind of keep moving and keep it flowing and keep everything looking good. And next thing you know, I mean, uh, I mean that's the thing is I tried to figure out other ways where I could get those scales imprinted in there quicker. But I mean, it doesn't look good unless if I do them one at a time. And uh, so that's how we're going to keep doing it. You know? Yeah, I love the little differences that you're talking about. You know, I I look at the, my pictures. I look at some of the mounts I have, or I look just, you know, back at fish. Right. But we're the same size, 252 inches. And I can take one that has this big, long tail and sure. fins, fins, fins bigger than my hand. 
Right. And then you take another one that's the same size and, uh, you know, it's got a little dinky tail. <laughs> it's got right. a little, you know, small little fins, you know, but its head's real big or something. Every sure. one is different. Just like you said, every person is different. That's the way those fish are. Yeah, they really are. And the more that you can key in on each one of those little differences, like if you're able to notice it and actually represent it, I mean, yeah. over time, people notice that, you know? Yeah. So it's something yeah. where it, a lot of times it's not apparent right off the bat, but I mean, uh, most of the people that have, uh, that have, have got fish from me, they're like, man, I'm still seeing things that look cool like a month later that I didn't realize until, yeah. I'm a, and like it's 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 yeah. good, man. You got it, you know. So I mean, that's I the, that's what helps me. Side of it, yeah. Right, right, and it is. I mean, <laughs> I good. I'll tell you one of the reasons why I'm probably good at it is because I'm one of those guys that ever since I was little, I mean, if I had a fish picture, I would like lay there as I fell asleep looking at my fish picture. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> looking at, and I still do. I mean, like if I if I got a nice fish or something, like I'll be laying oh, yeah. there and I'll flip to the gallery and I'll look at it and I'll look through all the pictures that weren't as good and I'll zoom in on just the tail and be like, and then send it to my, yeah. look at the tail on this thing. You know what I mean? And like, look at, look at how oh, yeah. clean this was. But, uh, I mean that last muskie that I did, which is, I'm going to bring, uh, that muskie that I had in Columbus. I'm going to be bringing that one to, uh, to Pittsburgh also. Um, yeah. that was the first one where, uh, the, the guy who had me make it wanted the, wanted the lamprey marks and the imperfections on it, um, which I was very nervous about because uh, uh, I hadn't done that before. Like, everybody always wanted them to just look clean, you know. However, I'll tell you what, uh, the imperfections made it look, I, I liked how it ended up looking, you know what I mean? Like, and not to mention, I mean, if you get a big mid-50-inch fish, I mean, there's a... There's not uh, there's not too many big mid fifties and fish out there that don't have some marks on. Them. No, I mean that that uh, stuff. Right, they've been through twenty years of spawns probably, and yeah. when it all yeah. comes down to it, uh, they uh, they got some battle wounds. To me, that's a big part of the uh, that's a big part of the, the the look of the fish, you know. So yeah, right, I think I'm going to try and push people to do that from now on because because it looks neat. Uh, but we'll see. All right, I'll do whatever anybody wants, really. Okay, so you have essentially a big, you know, a big printed out thing, and you're you're throwing, you know, measurements, you know, from from the snoot. You're getting all your proportions and stuff. Do you have yeah. to like laminate a whole bunch of boards, or do they just find a big tree and you just go to the lumberyard? You're like, that one's a musky. No, no. Give it to me. I I tried doing that early, and I mean, the first couple that I made, I had problems with them checking or okay. splitting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, I only use kiln dried wood now, uh, because I mean, I can't be selling these to people for, for, for big money and then having them crack. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm trying to, now with that being said, it is a wood carving, so things can happen, you know, uh, right. it's not, uh, it's wood. So, I mean, if it is in some super dry place with a wood stove in it and it decides to check, I mean, there's nothing I can do about that, but I mean, I want to, of course, try and eliminate that as much as possible. So, I mean, I'm running right now. I came across uh, a whole bunch of four by four by twelve uh, rough cut cedar planks. Um, so I mean, they're big, beefy. Like I mean, what you'd see in like an old barn or something. You know what I mean? They're huge right. beams. Um, and basically, the biggest muskie will fit within two of those. So basically, I'm 
planing down uh, the wood to get it perfectly flat, and then I'm pipe clamping two pieces together, and that's enough to get a straight musky. Now, like um, uh, the one tiger musky I did had a big bend to it. So, I mean, with that being said, I had to add on a couple chunks to get that bend of the tail fit in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm laminating it, but, I mean, it's still, it's not a ton of thin wood. Not that it would matter, because, I mean, if you if you, uh, if you you know what you're doing and you glue and you pipe clamp everything and you do it the right way, I mean, that's as strong as the wood, you yeah, know. But, uh, right, with that being said, uh, I like to use the biggest pieces of wood that I can, but I also like to use the, I mean, I have to get, uh, you know, center cut pieces where, you don't have any of that core involved or anything like that. Like you're using the, mm-hmm. the, you know, solid wood. So, I mean, yeah, most of the fish that I'm doing are, are, are two pieces glued together. Okay. So have so, you ever thought of taking that, that big photo, the one that you want the best profile view? And, I, and I'm just, I'm just going off on a limb and just plotting it to the size of the fish. So you actually have it on a big, long sheet of paper and it's all right there. And you could almost just say, yeah, pin it right onto the side of that wood and say, here it is. And then there's no measuring, no millimeters to inches. And Well, yeah, you could definitely do that. I mean, I guess the problem is, is uh, I mean, doing it, uh, the head separate from the body along with, uh, with things like that. I mean, it, eh, you know, you could probably do it anyway. You could probably, you, you could probably definitely do that. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm at a point where it's it's going to be very hard to to switch to a different method than how I've been doing it. Like I I feel like that would work a much easier if I mean I would probably cut the head off of it, you know, off off of this big long picture mm-hmm. and do it that way. Um, and yeah, that would be that would work out fine if I was able to uh, print something up that big. You know, I mean uh, a fifty six inch long printing of it i mean that would definitely that would definitely help i mean it's it's one of those things it's two-dimensional you know so you're making something that's three-dimensional and you don't want to get too caught up in the two-dimensional picture that you're looking at you know um so i kind of you know it's one of those things where you get the main measurements down but then you have to let it ride because you're dealing with something that's got four sides to it you know what i mean Oh yeah, I just I was throwing it out. If if you had thought about, oh, this would be it's easier. a good idea. I mean, I I I really need to get. I mean, I'd love to get some way. I mean, right now I've been chainsawing or using a big bandsaw to get my my early cuts done. Well, you know let's okay. I mean? Let's let's move on to that right now. So you have your yeah. wood glued together. How do you get the early <laughs> <Right>. cuts done? <laughs> How do I get what your early cuts done? You have your big yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you just, I mean, really, I, I'll take either a can of spray paint or, like, a big, huge, one of those big, fat Sharpies, and I'll just kind of draw the shape that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's it's kind of, I mean, I'll, I, I use a lot of chainsaws, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll run the chainsaw just to get it to where it needs to go. I mean, the problem with the chainsaw is it's hard to, I mean, you got to make sure you don't go too far, you know. So, it's it's easy right. to yeah, take right. too much off. Now, What's your brand yes. of choice on the chainsaw? Just out of curiosity. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't. Uh, I mean, uh, I think uh, I've been using my dad's. He's got some Husqvarna's that uh, have been doing good. But I'm no. I'm sure. I'm sure 
some guy that runs a steel out there is like, Husqvarna sucks or whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, but, uh, I'm not a big chainsaw guy. I mean, I've, I've cut down some trees in my life, but uh, I actually, uh, this, this actually goes against everything. I've been running a, it's just this cheap uh, Lowe's chainsaw that has, that's the 80 volt uh, okay, it's an battery powered one. Okay. And uh, I actually like that because the problem with the chainsaw, if you're not a chainsaw carver, where you're like doing a stump where you're, where you're uh, basically just keep carving it. Um, I'm stopping so much that it's like I have to stop. And I, I used one of those jaw horses that mm -hmm. uh, clamps wood, you know? So, I mean, basically I'll clamp it in there and carve that one piece, but then I got to set it down and then step back and look at it. And like, and like, it's tough when you just got a chainsaw running there and you're really not cutting that much, <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, I ended up using the battery powered one and it's, it's been working good. I so, mean, yeah, I guess the big thing is just keeping a sharp blade, you know? Yeah. And you're not sitting there, you know, smelling the fumes. Um, right. it's, it's idling there and you shut it off because you want to think, examine it with a clear mind and then you got to start it. And yeah, it makes right. sense that the electric is. And in the winter time I'm sitting in a, in a in a uh, enclosed area, you know, so it's like it. it uh, don't don't tell me it's your living yeah. room. It is not. It is not. I have a, okay. I have a nice little uh, steel <laughs> barn in my backyard. You that get I, the uh, kids asleep, and then you're like, "Okay, time to go to work." With that being said, I do plenty of things sitting in my living room. Uh, <laughs> I like a lot of that burning that goes down. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say I haven't uh, been watch binge watch some Netflix. <laughs> well, I've been doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You do it for a little while, and then you end up having to take a break and get caught up with what's happening, and then back to burning. You know? Yeah. Okay. What's your so, go-to uh, Netflix? <laughs> oh boy, I don't know. I've watched all of them. I've done the, I've done the Stranger Things. I've done the Ozarks. I've done the, uh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. There. Okay. So I usually watch the first one if it stinks. I don't watch it anymore. You know? Love it. So. Okay, the chainsaw works all done. You have it kind of roughed in. What's what's the next thing that you're doing now? So you got this really blocky, musky-looking thing. Well, that is my, yes, uh, real blocky, musky. I mean, I will tell you this. The, my number one carving tool of all is the angle grinder. Uh, now, with that being said, I probably have eight angle grinders with all different bits on them. Mm -hmm. um, and they all do different things. I mean, just like, uh, just like the chainsaw, I mean, I have ones that I use for rough carving. And I basically just work my way down, you know, to uh, to like a, a, a flat disc style, you know, just like a spinning sander, you know what I mean? And then, right. um, and I'll use that even to do a lot of the detail. I mean, you can, as long as it's not, uh, like, I mean, the big swooping lines of the gill plates and like things like that, like, I'm able to get a lot of that done with the angle grinder. And, and um, you're talking pneumatic or you're talking electric? No, I use electric. The pneumatic doesn't let what, see, this is all the stuff that I've learned. I mean, I went through and I always thought I was like, oh man, I got to get myself the pneumatic stuff because that's what, I mean, whenever you're in a situation where they're pros, I mean, you hear the auto mechanic guys, you know, doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was going to be great. But the problem with it is what I'm doing is that it lasts, I, I keep it running for too long. So, I mean, unless if you got like a, Unless if you got a a tank as big as half of my shop, like it, I run out of pressure, and then you have to stop and wait for it to fill back up, you know. So I mean, uh, the electric is where it's at for me. So it's uh, like a four and a half inch angle grinder, is what you. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
Yep. I mean, that's how I kind of the basis of the, I mean, I get the body pretty much down to where I want it with the angle grinder. And I do big details with the angle grinder on the head. Um, and then I got a bunch of other, uh, like a die grinder and a bunch of other grinders that I use to hollow out the inside of the head. And then once I get to like, to tell you the truth, those are the parts that stink. I mean, the, the rough carving and the carving down and getting like, once I get to the detail part is when I start to like get excited about it. You know what I mean? Like the, that's just work. Like once I get down to the, once I get the, the angle grinder down to that flap disc and I get some details put in. And then at that point I move over to the, either the hand tools. Uh, so just, I mean, I got all the flex cut knives and stuff like that, that I, that I will, I will chisel out like little baby details. And then I got all the rotary tools. Like I got the Dremel and the, uh, Fordham and all those little, all those little spinning burrs, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, lots of, uh, that's, that's one of the biggest things too, is just getting the right bits for doing the right things. And I mean, now I, I just have certain bits that I know are going to work good for, you know, doing the, doing uh, around the teeth or doing, uh, uh, digging out the eye hole or doing the, the, the mandible or, you know, I mean, there's just, you, you've just to touch, touch, touch base on that real quick. The teeth, those are all wood. No, the teeth are not wood. The tooth, the teeth are sculpted out of epoxy. So okay. basically I will take those and I will, I mean, for the muskies, I actually have to carve them because muskies actually have like sharp edged teeth. You know what I mean? Like they're almost like a diamond shaped. If you look at them from the top, they're not like toothpicks um, that are just cut and jammed right. in there. Right. It's not like, uh, like, I mean, a walleye has a, 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 a cone shaped teeth, you know? Uh, so, I mean, it's easy to sculpt a cone between your fingers with a clay like substance. You know what I mean? Um, whereas with the musky teeth, I basically make, a uh, bigger tooth and I, I put them on uh, finishing nails. So basically the whole inside of the tooth is, is, uh, is metal. Uh, so that of course they're not breaking or anything like that, just on the big teeth. Uh, mm-hmm. but the, 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 the epoxy stuff is really tough stuff. I mean, uh, I haven't had a single person break a tooth yet. I mean, I've had people ram their hands into its mouth at these shows, like people do crazy things. So, I mean, it's been, <laughs> they've been very durable so far, you know, uh, yeah, there was some like 85 year old dude who I'm standing there and he, and I look over and he's like forcefully shoving his hand into this muskie's mouth with those 150 teeth that I have in there. And I was just looking at him like, Oh my word. And I, and his wife goes, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm just testing it out. So <laughs> like, for out. What? like what's he, what's the next step in his thought process? I'm testing it out. For later, gonna, <laughs> rip, right? I'm gonna rip the shit out of my skin, and then all the blood thinners I'm on. Them. <laughs> yes, yes, but that is, uh, yeah. There's, uh, you know, it's the shows. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm just I'll gonna, make sure to come over and do that at the show. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, I'm gonna come <laughs> over with a, with matches. Um, so, right. how's this thing do with fire? <laughs> <laughs> so much damn lacquer on that. Thing. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Meet the fuck. <laughs> Meet right. the parents. Anyways, the parents, yeah. yeah. So, yes. okay. Let's, uh, I'm going to, so you start out, you get your photo. You get the big blocks, yeah. you glue them together, and then you rough it out with 
a big heavy big heavy tools you got your chainsaws then you're working with the grinders and then when you start getting to the detail work die grinders dremels hand tools and yeah. as this thing's taking shape you it's a head separate from the body yeah. do you join the head and body and then you start really picking the details or do you detail them each bring them together how, how do when, when does the, the head come together yeah, I do all the details in the mouth before I attach the head, uh, just because having that as a small little movable object is is nice when you're doing detail work. So I do everything that's in the mouth is done. When I'm done with that, I got the eyes in, everything like that. I do very minimal detail to the head until I attach it, because when you attach it, I mean, of course, I, I make it to fit onto the body like pretty well. However, I have to epoxy it one way or the other. So, I mean, each one of those heads has four, like, three-inch wood screws that are holding it on there. Uh, and then I, of course, epoxy over those so you can't see those and mm -hmm. sand it all down so it's invisible. Uh, and then you have to, I mean, one of the biggest things is it, I knew right off the bat, like, if I was going to do this uh, head separate from the body, uh, I got to be real good at bending those two together without anybody being able to tell, you know. So, yeah. I mean, really, it's just a, a thing of... Uh, uh, I epoxy it together. Like when I get off the phone with you guys, I'm going to, uh, I, I have a walleye that I'm doing right now. In fact, if I get it done in time, I'm going to bring that one to, I'm going to bring a walleye to the musky mix, even though I know it's a musky show, but, uh, it's my most recent one. So I'll probably be bringing that, but I, I gotta, I gotta epoxy that head on. And then when it glue, when it dries, I'll have to just sit there and slowly sand it and get it to just disappear, you know? And, uh, then once that's done, I got to carve back into that to get the details back that I kind of covered with it, you know? So it's, uh, like I said, there's not a single part of this that is fast and easy. Uh, so it's just really, uh, taking your time and making sure each piece looks good. And I've gotten to the point where I kind of have stages. So, I mean, tonight is, uh, uh, get the epoxy on the head and the body so that I can tomorrow I can sand it all down and put it together and then once that's done I start burning okay so you're so, so you're gonna get that together then it's scale burning time we've yeah. talked about that a little bit now let's jump into what's after scale burning so after scale burning at that point I don't want to burn the scales with all the fins on it so then it's fins so Next thing you know, I am, uh, well, of course, I got to drill the hole that the fish is mounted on because, of course, they're all mounted on a, on a, on a pipe of some sort, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I got to drill that hole. I got to get it on its stand, and then I have to uh, get the fins uh, completely done to the point where I feel good about them. And then I drill, uh, I drill and use um, all sorts of dremels and stuff like that to, to drill the, uh, the sockets that those fins get mounted in. Mm -hmm. um, so most of the fins, I also do pre-drill them, and I'm able to set some screws in there just to keep them rock solid, and then I epoxy them in also. So, I mean, everything that's on it is really hardcore. You know, I mean, these are, uh, I mean, it's thick polycarbonate. I mean, you guys know how strong that stuff is in the lips of the crankbaits and mm -hmm. everything like that. So, I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, they end up being a lot more sturdy than a mount, too. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they, I mean, they've been dropped onto their fins and they did not break. So, I mean, it's, it's been, and, and I won't tell you who did that. Uh, 
Because I was going to say. It wasn't it was an 85-year-old man, was it? at a show. No, no, no. And it was me. Um, <laughs> it, was not, it was never any of the people that I, I it was I me. I like, it was Greg, Greg Thomas and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that'd be funny. If he did that, I'd never let him live that down. But no, when it, when it all comes down to it, uh, it's it's really a thing where, uh, you know, 2.30 in the morning when you thought that it was 11, but uh, all of a sudden it's 2.30 and you're hobbling up the basement stairs trying to carry uh, trying to carry a heat gun, a 56-inch muskie, and uh, a bunch of other tools that, you're, that you don't feel like making another trip into the basement. And then... Uh, realize that you should have just made another trip into the basement you know because you had to pick so, it, the fish up at the bottom of the steps anyway right 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 <laughs> and then, then then it just ended up being a whole nut extra trip so i mean uh yeah very stupid but no they're, they're sturdy they're sturdy uh they're sturdy things so that that's an added plus however um you know it's uh yeah a lot, a lot of work get the fins in and then after the fins are in uh i got a I got to carve all of the areas that I epoxied those fins in to get scales to show up on those and things like that. And then uh, when we're done with that, it's time to primer it. And then it's my favorite part, which is the paint. So um, when I get to that point, I'm feeling good because uh, I'm probably a better painter than I am a carver. But uh, uh, me too. So I like it. <laughs> yeah. Pants. So. So, what, like, you just, you're probably not, like, painting. You're not using watercolors in a paintbrush. Like, you, you're just sitting down and just, like, trying to match tones. You just, you know, you're getting what kind of, like, wh- where are you getting your paint from? I use all uh, Createx, uh, Wicked Colors. No or, kidding. Yeah, I use all Createx. Uh, I, uh, I like the Createx. I like the fact that you uh can heat cure it mm-hmm. um and i have never had um uh, basically it handles lacquer uh and it, even though it's an acrylic paint like you can lacquer it and it doesn't destroy the paint okay. uh like it does with a lot of other acrylic paints um i mean i don't have um it's also, I mean, it's UV resistant paint. You know what I mean? It's good stuff. Uh, it's not going to fade on you. It's not going to do things like that. So, I mean, uh, I've been running that. And I've had nothing but uh, success with it. I do use a lot of uh, pigments. Uh, I use a lot of the powders and and uh, especially for my metallic things that I need. Um, but I'll use the Createx base paints um, to mix them with. Um so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I paint s- jobs and those things look awesome. Have you done? Have you ever painted any lures yet? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I make, I, I make, uh, I make wood, wood uh, crankbaits. Um, okay. Yeah. I just only make them for myself. I don't. Uh, yeah. More of just a for fun type thing. But yeah, I, I like paint oh. a lure. Um, Hans the Carver sure. uh, special paint jobs. Right. I'm actually working on. Uh, um, are you guys familiar with the River Slicks? Yeah, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. Uh, so, yep. Yeah, um, it's uh, one of our buddies, Papier. There, he makes those, and uh, he sent me one to carve it. So I basically carved it like a perch, um, and I burned in all the scales just like I would on one of my carvings. And basically, I'm getting ready to paint that like a perch, like after I carved it. So that's a nice. pretty cool looking bait. Uh, yeah. Um, just some cool little side things. I mean, that's nothing that I'm, that's just stuff for fun, you know? Um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, the paint is the paint is something where I mean, I think one of the one of the ways that uh, I do use a lot of brush opposed to airbrush. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a lot of uh, I spend a lot more time with the paintbrush. Uh, however, I mean, the, obviously, the airbrush is is how you're going to get all your blending and everything like that done. But um, I mean, if you look at the scale work and things like that, I mean, that's what really makes the fish look real. And that's what, uh, it, the more layers of the more times you hit those scales with some sort of, you know, uh, gold or, or pearl or, or something. I mean, the more depth you get and then the more light colors of, uh, the, the very transparent airbrush layers you put over it. Like, that's what it's all about is getting that first layer to show through the 10th layer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're able to do that all and get the, and get the hues and everything to land just right. I mean, you, you did it, you know? So, I mean, I, uh, I'm not saying I haven't, uh, acetoned an entire fish before. But, I was just uh, about to ask you that. Have you ever hit reset? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the one time I acetoned it and the other time I said that was stupid and I just re reprimered it. But I mean, yeah, you, you, it is what it is. Like if you, you gotta get it to look right. You know, I mean, if you're, if that's the that's what I was saying before. Like it's a little bit stressful. Like you're you're making it for somebody that wants to look exactly like their fish. Like there's no. Uh, was that, was I gotta go stand in front of them and hand it to them. Mm-hmm. Was that tire you just did more challenging than those other fish with those bars and stuff. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, it actually. It, I'm not saying it wasn't challenging. I mean that was the biggest bend I've ever put on a fish, like from a carving aspect. Yeah. Uh, however. Um, the paint, the cool thing about that paint job is that it's actually, like I was able to, that fish actually has the markings on, I mean, I matched the markings identically. Like, I mean, if you look at the, the picture yeah. of his fish, like I it's actually matched the markings, things, right. Yeah. And, and you can actually do that, which there's an aspect of that that almost makes it easier because it's an actual like intense colors of different colors. So there's less yeah. blending. Whereas like a, a like um you know a small a small model pattern great lakes uh musky is a very challenging thing to get to look real just because it's so modeled however there is markings deep under there you know what i mean like you can see the weird little markings that it has however weird little odd shaped spots and yeah the the big thing about that is just getting the, the correct size markings along with the size gaps between markings, you know, and really paying attention to, to that, I don't know, ratio or whatever you, that relationship, and then getting that to stay the same across, uh, you know, 112 inches of muskie. Yeah. Which yeah. that's, what's hard is like you, you're staring at this little part of the muskie. And I mean, an hour in, you got to keep looking back and be like, Oh man, I'm starting to, yeah, I'm starting to like deviate. Yeah. Yes, yes. So you gotta, you know, it's just there's no way to keep going fast. You just gotta work your way through and uh, keep painting it and pay attention to the details. And uh, I mean, that's that's my big thing is a lot of a lot of a lot of scale tipping. You know, right now, so. get, just guess on an average size muskie that that you've done. How yeah. long does it take to paint it? Just the painting process. Uh, the painting process takes me probably about uh, probably twenty five hours. Whoo! 
That's a so, long time. Yeah, I mean, I if I I could power one out in a night if I was. I mean, it all depends on how sleep. really on how. Uh, no, well, yeah, you know, there's all different levels of how you want to paint it. You know, I mean, if you, I mean, I'm doing things that take a lot longer, and I know that. You know what I mean? Like I could, I could probably pass them off. I I would never do that. You know, I like I have a way that I'm doing it that I like how they turn out, and I'm just going to keep doing it that way. You know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things where it yep. takes a long time, a lot of paintbrush, a lot less airbrush. I mean. It, it, I'm probably down to 20, 20 hours probably. I mean, I'm getting better with each one. So, a lot so, of works. Okay, so then it's all wrapped up, good. said and done. Yeah. What's What's next? You put it in a You put it in a flat rate box and ship it, or you tend to? Oh meet no, people? I've never shipped anything. <laughs> I will drive. I will drive wherever I need to drive. Uh, <laughs> it goes in the back of the Ram, and off I go. You know, uh, it's it's not really a. Uh, I mean, for one, it costs a lot to ship something like that, especially if, and you got to build a crate and, you know, and you got to build something that's not going to let that rattle around. Like, yeah. I'm just not doing it. Not to mention, I, I, I won't lie. I enjoy bringing it to the person, you know? So, I mean, it's, it, the cool thing is, is most of the musky public is based around the Great Lakes. So, I mean, you, you have, I mean, and for me, being a guy that does shows, um, I mean, a lot of these fish that I sold at like the Chicago show, I'm taking them to Chicago next year, you know? So okay. it's, uh, it's not that big of a deal. Um, so, I mean, I mean right now, yeah, I'm sure at some point I'll have to ship one, but we'll cross that. Uh, we'll cross that when we come to it, you know, at, 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 okay. So the customer comes up and you say, here's your fish and you're holding on to it and you hand it to them. How tight are you holding on when they're trying to pull it from your fingers? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is weird. Like you, you work on it long enough that you do start to have uh, a little connection with it. But I mean, hey, I, the, the thing is, is I've never, I've never made one for myself, and I probably never will. I mean, when it all comes down to it, they, it's, it's a way that I'm making a living right now. So I mean, it's, uh, I take great pride in them, and I mean, I'm proud of each one that I did, and. Uh, with that being said, there's nothing better than I like than to have it in a place where someone appreciates it and likes it. And, uh, I'm very happy when it goes that way, you know? So, and, and the funny thing is, is that you probably spent more time staring at that fish's photo than the person that caught yes. it. You spent more Absolutely. time looking at every nook and yeah. cranny. You know that fish yep. because like when it's all said and done, whether, you know, taxidermy is just exactly what it is. Like, you know, I'm going to go a little sidetrack yep. here. There, you know, I talked to a taxidermist once, and I said, "Do you ever do like a dog or a cat for someone?" He goes, "No, I won't touch it because the person knows if that was a natural thing for that animal to do, if it's sitting there or if it's laying down or what have you. Whereas right. if the deer comes running by or you just pull a fish out of a bag, you know that thing for a few seconds, and it's gone. Right. So you don't really know if right. that's a natural thing that that animal would do." But right. th- for you, you have like this really in-depth, like almost a long-term commitment to this piece. I and, do. And, and I mean, like, I, I remember all the little details of each one of these fish so far. I mean, I'm sure that'll start uh, that'll start uh, deteriorating with the more that I do. However, uh, as of now, yeah. I mean, I there's a lot of details. I mean, 
not to mention, I mean, some of these fish that I just got are, are very cool fish. I mean, that's the other thing too, is doing these, uh, kind of things where it's art. And I mean, people are, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big commitment to have me make one of these. I mean, they're, I'm getting all the coolest fish, you know, I'm getting really cool tigers. I'm getting really huge muskies and muskies with giant girths and muskies with, you know, I mean, I, I got a 57 and a quarter. I got a, I got a, a 40, uh, a, a high forties fish. That's got a giant girth. I got, I got a bunch of fish that are, that are, um, very neat looking fish, you know? So I'm, I'm very excited to do, do that gold one. That we got out of Chautauqua. Yeah. Ooh, Chautauqua. <laughs> Someone that knows. <laughs> now, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you this. So, like, is there a length minimum? And hear me out. I have these little pickerels that live in my yard, and they're like six inches long. Would you tackle a six inch long pickerel? Sure. Well, that answers that. So, if I had like a really cool fat head <laughs> minnow. And I said, you know, I really like this thing. Or I had a goldfish when I was a kid, and I have a photo of me next to it because I really loved it. It, right. had, it had, like, the big eyes on it. Yeah. <laughs> Would you tackle that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to cost you. But, uh, it had the two I mean, tails. If you're going to lower me to goldfish, I mean, i got to keep some, some kind of pride about me. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I've done crazy stuff, man. You don't, I'm, I am not the guy who has stuck to just one thing. I, I have done turtles for people. I have done bears. I have done all sorts of other kinds of carvings and art. Um, and that's just recently, you know. I mean, right now I'm not right. in a position where... I can turn down. However, right now I am. Well, I can probably do like I got nine fish right now backed up. So I'm in the I'm in a position where we're already well over a year out. I mean, I do a lot of other things other than just carve these fish. Even though it is a full time gig for me, uh, I mean, those fish are still taking me a month and a half to two months with all the other things, you know. Right. So I mean. I'm a long ways out, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like I, I'm not sure if I need to shut down until I get caught up or how I should handle this, but uh, we're, we're working it out. I love it. So Vance, Todd, do you have any other questions? Art, total, total, total artist, man. That's just artwork. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I, there's a lot of people that don't... Uh, it's funny because you're in a you're in a, you're in a room with a with a bunch of fishermen, some old school dudes, and I mean, it's it's hard to, it's hard to understand when you could get a yeah. uh, a, a skin mount for a couple hundred bucks. But yeah. I mean, uh, it is what it is. Like once people realize yeah. how much time goes into it, it's not uh, yeah. not that big of a deal. So yeah, uh, but yeah, so yeah, really at this point, my life is carving fish and catching fish. So uh, That's awesome. It's a good thing, you know. It's excellent, it's cool, man. Thank, yeah. thanks for com thanks for coming on, man. Uh, you know, you got a niche within a niche, and uh, big props yeah. to your work. Unbelievable. What, where, where, where can they find you again? Hit, hit, hit your plugs up, hardcore. Yeah, we can do uh, yeah, just uh, www.hansthecarver.com, uh, and it's Hans the Carver on Facebook. Um, I mean, those are my two where I'm most active. I mean, I think I do some Instagram stuff too, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, 
those are my places. And uh, my, my, my guide service is Hans the Carver also. If you go to my website, you can choose between carvings or guided trips. So, uh, you got to keep fishing, man. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I will not. Uh, like I said, I want the, I, w- I want to somehow work it out so that I can, uh, carve like a wild man through the winter so that, uh, I can dedicate Fish my, all summer. my yeah. summers to muskies, you know? So, um, so yeah. And, uh, I look forward to seeing you guys at, uh, at uh, the max, I will be probably picking up four more rod holders. So I will uh, either two or four. I got to decide. Probably four. <laughs> yes. Or so, you know, or possibly one of the raptors that has the heaviest fish turned into muskie's ink. Georgian Bay. Georgian Bay. Wow. I'm saying, not saying wow. that. Uh, not saying that there was a 59 and a quarter caught on a tube. It was the weight, you know, that's it. That's the thing. There was a picture of it and stuff. We didn't, we didn't get that. You know, somebody just turned right. it in. Right. I think the weight right. they had to kill it, didn't they? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it, it, it's on there. And there's a lot of guys that weigh them in the net. Yeah. It, I think, you know, I could, technically I could go register one right now that I caught out of the Georgian Bay. The Just Georgian Bay. 60 pounds, you know. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I, just, I, will, I just I want to let you know. Well, you know, you, know? you might with, with, if you start throwing raptors up at the Georgian <laughs> Bay, because I don't know if you heard, uh, the heaviest fish. Hey, I'm all about it. I will love to catch 60 pounders on raptors. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody fact check that for us. I'm we sure just, true. We're the we're the bait company that gets like your your guys stuff is great. I catch a shit ton of fish on them. They're like, but I'm never gonna give you a picture. I'm like, hey, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I mean, ask uh, ask Market Red October. I mean, there's been a lot of people catching a lot of fish on tubes for a while. But I mean, when people catch fish on the tubes, especially in the recent past, I mean, people that catch fish on tubes think that they're like doing some secret thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, we had yeah. the same exact situation where they were like, listen, keep this down, but I got a 57 and a half last year. And we're like, how about a picture, dude? Yeah. And, yeah. They're, just yeah. Like, and they're just like, no. Yeah. No. No way. I, I beat my personal <laughs> best on bug. seven casts consecutively, and I'm not telling anyone, do you mind giving me a bait for free? And we're like, uh, do you mind? <laughs> Right. You're actually you're actually doing the exact opposite of what would get you a bait for free. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> However, that's how it is, and that's what you just learned to deal with. So, uh, who knows? It's, it's no. a, the, the musky the, the musky folks are, are a hilarious bunch. Like the the stories yeah. and the things and the it's just a. I don't know. It's all enjoyable. It's all good stuff. But sometimes you got to sit back and laugh at some of this. It's, yes. It's, yeah. It's great stuff. Hey, I'm really glad that you could take the time. I know you got a walleye to make, but uh, you know, big, <laughs> big, big thanks uh, for coming on. Big thanks to Fatty Z Musky Products, FattyZMuskie.com, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, MCFishingGuides.com, Saint Croix Rods, best rods on earth. Check out Ranger Boats. 
They got a whole bunch of nice boats out there, so check them out. And you can see them at Vicks Marine and Sports Center, where Vance and Todd will be this coming weekend. And the following weekend, we are going to be at the Muskie Max Plus, March 2nd and 3rd. Uh, you can see Hans the woodcarver there with his big giant muskie, red October tubes. We'll be there. Vance, uh, Vance will be on the guide panel Sunday. I'll be at the booth the whole time because that's where I'm chained to. Todd will be climbing in out of his boat, showing you how nice it is <laughs> to climb in and out. And Muskies Inc., join your local chapter. Be a part of it. Uh, it's fun. You can have good conversations like Vance brought up just a few minutes ago. It's a great thing for the muskie community so um it's been fun thanks for listening